Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Thor Ragnarok in today's statistics episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. I did the review episode on Friday for Thor Ragnarok. I was very, very high on it. And if you heard that episode already, you'll know that I gave the movie an 83 out of 100. Uh, today, I will be going into the statistics of said movie and uh, diving into that a little deeper. Uh, forewarning, there will be a spoiler section for this movie's statistics because of uh, a couple of cameos that appear in the movie. So, uh, if you haven't seen it, go see it. I mean, everyone's going to see it. So, uh, just, you know, go see it. Thor Ragnarok. Uh, I saw it uh, on November 2nd, Thursday night of 2017. I clocked it at 2 hours and 8 minutes, 128 minutes. Uh, when you finally add in the last of the end credit scenes. Uh, it is a 2017 film. And my summary is Thor's sister returns to Asgard when their father dies. Pretty straightforward, very simple. A lot more happens in the movie, but that's the general basis for the plot. Uh, as I said, I gave it an 83. And the current Rotten Tomatoes score for the film is a 93. So, critics a little bit fav more favorable on the film overall, but uh, I think their average rating is like in the around an 8, so it ends up kind of evening itself out. This movie is the third feature film in the Thor franchise series, and I think 17th feature film in Marvel. Uh, however, I include the short films, so it is the 27th Marvel film I've seen, and currently ranks 5th, coming in behind the Avengers and ahead of Ant-Man. As far as for Thor's series himself, it is the 5th Thor film, coming in uh, number 1, ahead of Team Thor, which is my second favorite Thor film, followed by the original Thor, Thor the Dark World, and Team Thor Part 2. So, uh... Pretty good addition to the MCU, all things considered. Moving on to directors. This was directed by New Zealand's Taika Waititi. It is the seventh film of his that I've seen, uh, and raises his average film rating to a 76.43. It is the second film of his uh, rated in the 80s, and ranks as his second best film overall, coming in behind Hunt for the Wilder People and ahead of Boy. Ragnarok improves his value to a 7.5 and makes his score a 66.94. This leaves Waititi as 54th overall, coming in just ahead of John McTiernan and just ahead of or just behind Ingmar Bergman as uh, in the director's list. In the writing category, uh, Thor Ragnarok is uh, credited to a couple of different writers, uh, first being Stan Lee. Third credit for Stan Lee on my spreadsheet uh, raises his average film rating to a 79.67. It is his best film overall, and his second, rated in the 80s, comes in ahead of Spider-Man 2, the Tobey Maguire 
version. Next up is Eric Pearson. This is his fifth film uh, that I have seen, and uh, he has been credited with four of the Marvel one-shots. This is, as far as I'm aware, his first uh, feature that he has been credited as a writer on. It improves his average film rating to a 67. It is the only film of his rated in the 80s. It is his number one film. And improves his value to a 3.5. His score to 51.36. Eric Pearson is ranked 221st overall. Stan Lee is ranked 208th overall. Uh, which I neglected to mention. Also included is Larry Lieber. This is the second film credit of his I have. Uh, it improves his average film rating to an 82. It is his second film rated in the 80s and his number one film overall, coming in ahead of Ant-Man. Uh, he has a value of 3, a score of 44, and he is tied for 456th overall with a bunch of other people, including Buster Keaton. Also on this list is Christopher Yost. This is his second film for a writing credit. Uh, he has an average film rating of 75.5. Uh, Thor Ragnarok is his first or is his only film rated in the 80s and his first film overall comes in ahead of Thor the Dark World and he has a value of 2 a score of 39.75 and is ranked 585th overall tied with a couple other people including Jordan Peele director of Get Out writer of Get Out and lastly are Craig, Kyle, and Jack Kirby this is their, both of their only films uh, on my writing list. They have an average film rating of 83, one film rating in the 80s, a value of 1.5, scores of 29.17, and they are both tied for 1,656 overall. Uh, as is generally the case with comic book movies, I do not include uh, character creation credits as writing credits. However, if the person is... Uh, responsible for creating the comic book that the story is based of either completely or in part that does get a writing credit on my spreadsheet uh, generally that is uh, distinguished in uh, on IMDB most of the time uh, so for example Eric Pearson, Craig Kyle and Christopher Yost are all given writing credits based on IMDB whereas Stan Lee, Larry Lieber and Jack Kirby are all given based on the comics by credits. Uh, so I take that to mean that the three of them worked on the Thor comic books, um, including uh, the ones that are drawn from as inspiration for this film. So they get writing credits on my spreadsheet. That's how that works. Moving on to the actors that appear in this film, and this is where a large part of the... Uh, uh, the spoiler section will come in so I'm not gonna I'll do this at the very end of the episode uh, so don't worry about that right now I will just skip over any of the people I think are a little too spoilery for this film and uh, so let's do this first up is Kate Blanchett she is this is the 36th film credit of hers it increases her average film rating to a 69.31. It is the 11th film of hers, rated in the 80s, and her 9th highest rated film overall, coming in behind the talented Mr. Ripley and ahead of her Oscar-nominated performance in I'm Not There. Ragnarok increases her value to a 26. 
her score to a 97.16, which ranks her as fourth overall. Uh, she is behind Philip Seymour Hoffman by about three and a half points, and just edged ahead of Rafe Fiennes, who's 16 hundredths of a point behind her. Um, next up is Tom Hiddleston. This is the 13th film credit of his, and increases his average film rating to a 73.54. It is his fourth film rated in the 80s, and fifth highest rated film overall. It comes in behind The Deep Blue Sea and ahead of War Horse. Note that is THE Deep Blue Sea, not just Deep Blue Sea, which is a different movie entirely. Uh, Hiddleston now has a value of 11.5 and a score of 75.23. This ranks him as 107th overall, puts him right behind Clint Eastwood and right ahead of Michelle Williams. Uh, next up is Mark Ruffalo. This is the 29th film credit of his I've seen. It uh, increases his average film rating to a 61.97. It is his 7th film, rated in the 80s, and 7th highest rated film overall, coming in behind The Avengers and ahead of Collateral. Ragnarok increases his value to a 12.5 and put, makes his score 71.97. Ranks him 169th overall, coming in behind Joan Allen and ahead of Jeffrey Wright. Next up uh, is a, not that one. Uh, next up is Rachel House. Uh, Rachel House is credited as Topaz. She is the right-hand woman, I guess, of the Grandmaster. This is her fifth film credit. Uh, it is, she, she lowers her average film rating to 86.6. Is her second film rating in the 80s and fourth highest rated film overall, coming in behind Hunt for the Wilder People and ahead of Boy. She has a value of 8 and a score of 69.86. She is ranked 218th overall, which puts her behind Ian Hart and ahead of Ethan Hawke. Um, ignore those ones. Next up is Zachary Levi. Levy? Levi? This is his fifth film credit. And increases his average film rating to a 75.2. It is his only film rated in the 80s and second highest rated film overall. Coming in behind Tangled uh, and ahead of Thor The Dark World. Uh, this Ragnarok increases his value to a 5. His score to a 58.71. Which ranks him as 690th overall. Coming in behind Donald Crisp and ahead of Conrad Vernon. Zachary Levi's Fandral, the Asgardian. Next up is Taika Waititi himself. He is a voice slash mocap actor in this movie. This is his fifth film credit. He has an average rating of 74.4. It is his second film, rated in the 80s, and second highest rated film overall. Coming in behind Hunt for the Wilder People and ahead of Boy. Where have we seen that before? Uh, he has a value of 5, a score of 58.14, and that ranks him as 734th overall, tied with Jane Eastwood, behind Jermaine Clement, and ahead of Kevin Rankin. Next up is Carl Urban. This is the 16th film credit of his that I've seen. It improves his average film rating to a 58.56. This is his second film rated in the 80s 
and his third highest rated film overall, coming in behind Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, and ahead of Dread. Ragnarok improves his average or his value to a 4.5 and his score to a 56.56. He is ranked 845th overall behind Carl Malden and ahead of Bill Nye. Not bad company. Next up is Tadanobu Asano. Uh, he is credited as I find his name, uh, Hogan who stands up to Hela when she first enters Asgard. Uh, this is his seventh film credit. Proves his average film rating to a 66. It is his second film, uh, rated in the 80s, and second highest rated film overall. Comes in behind uh, the animated film Redline and head of the original Thor. Tadanabu Asano now has a value of 4, a score of 55.33, and a rank of 944th, tied with Fianula Flanagan, uh, ahead of Matt Lucas, and behind Billy Bletcher. Billy Bletcher. Next up is Idris Elba. This is his 20th film credit I've seen. He has an average film rating now of 56.3. It is his fourth film rated in the 80s, and fourth film rated overall coming in behind 28 weeks later and ahead of Avengers Age of Ultron. Ragnarok improves his value to a 3, it improves his score to a 54.18, which leaves him ranked 1039th, right behind Thomas Hayden Church and ahead of Anton Yelchin. Next up is Chris Hemsworth, Thor himself. This is his 18th film credit. He has an average film rating of 56.44. It is his fourth film rated in the 80s and fourth highest rated film overall, coming in behind Rush and ahead of Avengers Age of Ultron. He now has a value of 2.5, a score of 53.3, which ranks him as 1,116th, tied with Haley Lou Richardson and Eve Arden, right behind Ricky Lindholm and right ahead of Jake Lacey. Next up is Tessa Thompson, just a little bit further down. She, This is her fifth film credit. Uh, it is her second film rated in the 80s. No, it's not. I'm looking at the wrong person. It is her fourth film rated in the 80s. Uh, it, has, it increases her average film rating to a 68.4 and is her third highest rated film overall, coming in behind Creed but ahead of Dear White People. Uh, it improves her value to a 4, her score to a 52.86, and her rank to 1,145, coming in behind Clark Gable and ahead of Alex Karpovsky. Next is Jeff Goldblum. This is the 25th film credit for Jeff Goldblum on my spreadsheet. It is his, It improves his average film rating to a 55.12. It is his second film rated in the 80s and fourth highest rated film overall. It comes in behind Annie Hall and ahead of The Fly. Ragnarok improves his value to 0.5 and his score to 51.54. He is now ranked 1,268th, coming in behind Joe Pantoliano and ahead of Ron Livingston. Next is Ray Stevenson. This is his ninth film credit. 
improving his average full rating to a 57.44. It is his first film rating in the 80s and best movie overall, coming in ahead of The Other Guys. Uh, Ragnarok improves his value to a 1, his score to a 48 flat, and he is tied for 1,635th with other such people as Hugh Laurie, Jeff Bell, Jimmy Smits, Roddy McDowell, Danielle Panabaker, and a few others. After that is Clancy Brown. He now has 26 film credits and an average film rating of 53.19. This is his second film rated in the 80s and fourth highest rated film overall. Uh, it comes in behind the hurricane and ahead of Recess Schools Out. Uh, he provides a voice in this film uh, for Surtur who we meet very early on. And uh, this improves his value to a negative 3, his score to a 46.39, and ranks him 1,780... I'm sorry, 1,783rd, right behind Hector Elizondo and ahead of Chris Parnell. After that is Anthony Hopkins... Hopkins now has 26 film credits and an average film rating of 47.04. This is his third film rated in the 80s and fifth highest rated film overall, coming in behind his Oscar-nominated performance in The Remains of the Day and ahead of Thor. He now has a value of negative 6, a score of 40.18, which puts him at 2,482nd. That puts him behind... Uh, Julie White and Felicity Jones, and ahead of Robert Diggs. And that's it, other than the uh, spoiler people, who we will get back to in just one minute. Next up is genre. Ragnarok, ranked, uh, rated 83 in 2017, counts as an action film. It's an adventure film. It is a comedy. It is also fantasy and sci not sci-fi. It's listed on IMDb as sci-fi. It's, uh, but it's like a, it's a fantasy movie. Like it just is. Uh, so, it gets a one on the Bechdel test. None of the female characters that I can think of ever really talk. Uh, maybe that's not true. Let me see. Hella may talk to Valkyrie briefly, and the same thing goes for Topaz and Valkyrie. But I don't think so. I, uh, they don't, like, have a conversation. They talk at each other. I'm leaving it at one for now. I'll probably see this again relatively soon, so I'll double-check it then. It's a PG-13 movie, and currently is ranked as the 178th best film on IMDb's Top 250. does not break into my own Top 250, however. Currently not nominated for any Oscars, uh, but it came out this year, so that's still to be determined. I think it could get in for like costumes or something, um, but doesn't seem like it could contend anywhere else. Ragnarok is the uh, 959th, one of the 959 films I have now seen this year. It is the one of the 202 films that I've seen released in 2017. Of those films, they are now have an average rating of 48.76, an average tomato meter of 61.81. Uh, it is an action film, one of the 40 I've seen this year. It is an adventure film, one of the 31 I've seen this year. 
Uh, it is now, as a comedy, it is one of the 75 in that category, and as a fantasy, one of the 26 in that category. Um, as a Currently, as a one on the Bechtel test, it is part of the 33.17% of films from this year that get that score. And as a PG-13 film, it is the 53rd PG-13 film from this year that I have seen. It, With a ranking of 83, it is the 82nd film on my spreadsheet that has been given a ranking of 83 to date. A new statistic category. And finally, with the Circle of Film Awards, I have put it in one category, and that is Best Scene. Uh, the scene in question involves a character that I could not talk about because of spoilers, but suffice to say, it happens fairly early on in the film, involves Thor, Loki, and said third unnamed character, which I'm pretty sure most people know about, but I am taking a small precaution. So uh, that is the best, one of the best scenes uh, in the movie, or best scene in the movie by far, in my opinion, it's so funny. Uh, but one of the best scenes I've seen this year. It was absolutely brilliant. So, uh, all that puts together a statistical um, overview of Thor Ragnarok. But, uh, if you stick with me after the jump, I will go into a couple of the spoiler uh, statistics. So, stay tuned for that right after this. Any path, so many worth exploring. Just one would be so boring. And look what you're ignoring. Just a couple of uh, spoilerly, spoilery characters uh, and, and actors appear in this movie. The first on my spreadsheet is Matt Damon. Matt Damon plays the Loki in the brief Asgardian play. This is his 48th film credit and increases his average film rating to a 63.15. It is his 12th film rated in the 80s and 12th highest rated film overall, coming in behind the talented Mr. Ripley and ahead of his Oscar-nominated performance in The Martian. It improves his value to an 18.5 and his score to an 80.62. He is now ranked 48th overall, right behind... Alec Guinness, and ahead of Maggie Smith. Um, there's a couple others here. Let me give me a second. Uh, the next is Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, who is Doctor Strange. He is also the um, aforementioned mystery character in the scene that is in best scene for this movie. This is the 24th film credit for Cumberbatch and improves his average film rating to a 64.75. It is his third film rated in the 80s, and fifth highest rated film overall, coming in behind Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and ahead of The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. Ragnarok improves his value to an 11.5, his score to a 71.77, which now leaves him ranked 175th, right behind Robert Shaw and ahead of Jack Lemmon. And then I believe the last person is Sam Neill. Sam Neill plays the Thor, or not Thor, the, uh, the, the, the o Odin in the Asgardian play. This is his 16th film credit. He now has an average film rating of 65, 
and it, it is his fourth film, ran in the 80s, seventh highest rated film overall, coming behind The Dish and ahead of The Hunter. Uh, Sam Neill now has a value of 8 and a score of 65.78. He is ranked 342nd overall behind Rance Howard and ahead of Bob Stevenson. Let me just run through the rest of the names here. Ragnarok. To make sure. Oh, there is one more. I'm sorry. There is one more. And that is uh, Scarlett Johansson, who briefly appears on the Quinjet screen uh, as Black Widow. This is her 35th film credit. And her 8th, and increases her average film rating to a 58.43. It's her 8th film rated in the 80s and 7th highest rated film overall, coming in behind The Avengers and ahead of Ghost World. Ragnarok improves her, average, her, improves her value to 4.5 and her score to 59.77. She is now ranked 619th behind Brady Corbett and ahead of Nicole Kidman. And that, I believe, is the last person. Let me see. Zachary Levi, Taika Waititi, Carl Urban... Tadanobu Asano, Idris Elba, Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, Jeff Goldblum, Ray Stevenson, Clancy Brown, Anthony Hopkins. Yes, that is all of it. Um, and I already mentioned the best scene of the year um, involving Doctor Strange, Thor, and Loki. Uh, when they are there, they're on Earth to get Odin and Doctor Strange basically kidnaps Loki briefly in an attempt to uncover what they're doing and uh, he leads them to Odin in an attempt to help them get off their world and uh, there's about a two three four minute scene with mostly Doctor Strange and Thor briefly Loki uh, just interacting with each other and it's brilliant it is so so clever and so funny and I, I talk about it in the review episode after spoilers but it's, it's, it's truly, truly hilarious. And so that's why it is nominated as a best scene contender this year. We shall see if it can hold on to that nomination. With all that being said, there are currently 19 actors receiving film credits for Thor Ragnarok at this time. Uh, as always, that number has a chance to move up. Uh, should some of the lesser characters that currently have no real resumes... Uh, begin to appear in other things. Uh, frequently, this includes um, other Marvel movies, but it remains to be seen. This is just the relevant names at this time. And uh, I guess lastly, Ragnarok is currently in my top 20 for this year. Uh, it is in the bottom half, uh, behind Good Time and Tide, with Atomic Blonde at 83. Uh, that puts it at 12th on my top 20 right now, uh, which is decent. Uh, it stands a chance at staying on to the end of the year. There are, I mean, we're getting close to the end, uh, but there are still a lot of films I'm really anticipating, including Lady Bird, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and Phantom Thread, and things like that. So uh, we'll see uh, how high it can stay. Uh, it will surely, surely move down a little, but uh, just how much remains to be seen. And that's, I think, going to be it for uh, Thor Ragnarok.
thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have any comments, concerns, questions, or answers, you can send those to circleoffilm at gmail.com. If you would like to check out the spreadsheet, check out more information about me and the podcast itself, uh, there are more episodes and information at circleoffilm.com. And if you would like to support the show in any way, shape, or form, you can head over to patreon.com slash circleoffilm. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades.